We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nechami, founder of Carmela Cosmetics, a company that produces high-performance natural beauty products and is dedicated to uniting and empowering women through the power of color. This is We Are Women, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast came about as a way to give a voice to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of bread and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. Tonight's episode was a really fun one to record, as you'll hear during our interview. I asked Andrea Rappaport, who is a hilarious mom, comedian, entertainer, and businesswoman, to come on the show and to share her story. And you know, Andrea primarily focuses on comedic content geared for moms, but even so has a loyal following of women who are not moms yet, myself included, who enjoy her content and love following her. So Andrea shared how she got into comedy, challenges she faced along the way, her personal boundaries when it comes to what she shares in her videos, why her kids love being included in her sketches, the importance of finding humor during hard times, and why every woman should make self-care a priority. I'm really excited for you to hear this interview. I am sure you're going to learn a lot and be entertained along the way. Well, you know, it's funny because as a kid, I was actually really serious, Um, which for anyone who knows me now, I am a total clown. I am like, I am the token funny girl in the room. But as a kid, I was really sensitive. I was really serious, um, really emotional. Um, I loved animals. I remember, I remember that. Um, I... I think that I I became funny later on in life, and I definitely think that my humor might have um, really morphed from a coping mechanism um, because I didn't know this until later on, but I think I was always very anxious, and I just didn't know it because I think that when I was growing up, we didn't really... We didn't really have a word for anxiety, especially not like, um, you know, pediatric anxiety, but... I think now like getting to know myself better that I probably was a really anxious child. And I think I found comedy later in life to help me cope with everything. That's so interesting because I've heard, and I'd love to hear your opinion about this, but I've heard that a lot of comedians struggle with anxiety and sometimes oh, yeah, depression. Of I mean, what I always tell people is that funny people come from something that's very unfunny. And it's always it's almost always a way that we cope. It's just what we gravitate towards. Um, I think that you would be hard pressed to find a successful comedian who doesn't have a story to tell. So so yeah. what's your story? Like where do you, where does your sense of humor come from? Well, the way that, I mean, the way that I see the world definitely comes from my bubby. I am lucky enough that I still have a bubby who is alive and well. She's 94 years old and she and I are very close. We've been close my whole life and she's the, she's the funniest woman. Just the, she is a character, like to know Rhoda Rappaport is to love Rhoda Rappaport. And, and also, have you ever heard of a more Jewish name in your life? Right. Honestly. Like, Rhoda, Rhoda Rappaport does not belong to a Baptist church. I can tell you that much. <laughs> like, Rhoda Rappaport is frying latkes every day. Um, no, so my, so my bubby was ju- is just a loud mouth, very strong, opinionated, like, and, ju- and also has a certain amount uh, like oozes self-confidence that is like really inspiring and I think when I was younger now here's okay so here's what my family's from New York 
Um, but I grew up in Texas mm. because when I was really little, my dad got a job that moved us to Texas. So imagine this like little Jewish girl from whose family's from New York growing up in San Antonio, Texas, where the population <laughs> is like less than 1% Jewish. Right. I, I mean, like it, like that's a scene. I was the only Jewish girl in my class in elementary school, sometimes in the whole grade level. Like it was, yeah, it was, it was, this was a thing. And I had my bubby, my, but my grandparents moved to Texas um, when my sister and I were little to kind of, to watch us grow up. So my bubby was in Texas. And I think at first I might've been a little bit embarrassed of her because she really stuck out. And I think like most kids, I wanted to fit in not realizing until years later that I was not meant to fit in. But anyway, um, my bubby was just like unapologetically her. And the older that I get, the more respect I have for, for that in her. And the more that I realize that that that's the way to be like, it doesn't matter whether you are accepted or not accepted. Like it's not about, it's not, if, if you're not accepted, it's not about you. It's about something inside of them that makes them uncomfortable that you're just bringing out. You know, just everyone just needs to stay in their lane, be them. That's what my Bubby has always done. And she's been hysterical all the way through. And I think one of the things about being funny that um, I've realized is funny people just tell the truth. Yeah. And that's all you have to do. Like, you don't try to be funny. Funny people just see the world a little bit differently. And it's the brave ones who make other people laugh because we're the ones who actually open our mouths and say what everybody else is thinking. That's so true. That's such a great point. Yeah. So Thank what- you. I have, I have lots of them. yeah and I've seen that I've seen your humor on social media I'm sure you but I'm sure that's not the only place that you um you know perform right so is are there other places that you show well I mean yeah so when I was younger sure when I was younger I I worked as a comedian and I and mainly as an actor so I did, I did a lot of theater. Um, I did some stand-up for a while. I did sketch comedy for a while. And then um, I got married and I had kids and everything just kind of stopped. Actually, that's not the full truth. The full <laughs> truth. And I don't know why I always glaze over this. It's so weird that I don't it's like, it, this is very, it's very strange that I skipped this part of the story. But um, what fortunately is I, I was a part of a sketch comedy group in Chicago that was run by somebody who um, was, oh God, I don't even know how to phrase it, was run by a guy who took it, who took advantage of women. Um, he just whether it was like a physical thing, which it wasn't always, or just like a mental, emotional thing, the guy played games to feel more powerful. And and um, there was a situation and it didn't end well and it didn't end well for my career. So um, basically like I, I wronged the wrong person by not doing what he wanted. And that put a stop in my career as a like working uh, comedian in the city for a long time. And it wasn't until three years ago when, I think it was three years ago when the Me Too movement started um, that somebody actually, there was an article published about this guy in one of our local papers and a friend who knew my story forwarded it to me and said, "You you have to see this. And it was, um, it was wild to see that I was not the only person that this happened to and that this was just a bad guy who did bad things. And it also made me realize that that was why I stopped working because this guy told me that I actually wasn't good enough. And that wasn't true. It had nothing to do with my level of talent. It had everything to do with something else. Mm-hmm. And, and it was interesting, but you know, a decade went by without me really working because of that. 
Um, and then at around the same time when that happened, I was dealing with massive postpartum anxiety. And it was kind of like the bottom fell out and I had to completely start the process of building myself back together. And we're not there yet. We're still building over here. But um, it was during that time that I realized that I, had to, I was really good at making other people laugh, but I was also a really guarded individual. And that I realized that I was, as I now coined the phrase, notoriously fine. If anybody ever asked how I was, I always said fine without skipping a beat. And the truth is, I was probably never fine, um, but I didn't want to talk about it. And then I decided that I was going to start talking and that I was going to use my humor as um, a way to kind of break the ice with people, but that I was going to launch a social media platform that told the truth and that talked about how hard it is to be a mom and talked about... Um, you know, being, being a woman who is trying to do everything, trying to be a good mom to two very small children, to be a good wife, to have a career, to figure out like why she is the way she is. How did she get here? Where is she going? That kind of thing. And um, it's been about, I think, two and a half years that I've had it. I think so. And that's kind of, and that is what I focus on now. Like that is where I perform. Yeah. It's so funny. I think I, I, I must've discovered your account through Alyssa, your friend, uh -huh. Alyssa. Um, mm -hmm. she's so great. Yeah. And absolutely, even though I'm not a mom yet, I love watching your, con like your, your content, your uh, performances. Um, Thank it's, you. Even though there are a lot of them are about like being a mom, it, it's still so hilarious, like and entertaining. <laughs> Thank you. It's funny. I have a lot. I have a, I have a good amount of followers who are not mothers um, who say to me the same thing. They're like, I'm not even a mom. And I find this funny. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so, it, it really is a huge compliment because you have to realize that like being like, you know, not, not a mom, like why would I want to watch like mom comedy? Right. But Right. So, but if you could speak to people who are not moms and who are single, not even in relationships, like, honestly, that's like, like you've done it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I really, really appreciate that. That is, that's really, that's nice. And I try, I try to be mindful of that with um, what I do. You know, obviously like one of the things that we learn when we're doing social media is that you really have to focus on who the bulk of your audience is right and speak right. to them and the kind of the old the saying like if you're speaking to everybody you're speaking to nobody right right totally. so like really focus on who your people are but it's it's always nice to hear that like your people are not always just who you think they are you know like it's not always like just moms who live in the suburbs of big cities you know like sure, it's totally. more it's more people and, and it's not and it's nice to know that and it's nice to know that too because you want to make sure that you're keeping everybody engaged you want people you want people to care because you're building a community that's the whole point i mean we go to social media for an escape for sure right like yeah. we like we go to, we, I mean, we scroll on social media to find memes and quotes that make us giggle. I don't know about yeah. you, but I don't <laughs> totally. go to social media for like deep thoughts or, you know, like, any, like it, it's just, I kind of feel like you got to keep it light. And then when you have something that's heavier, know, know how to communicate your idea and thoughts authentically and effectively. Like yes. don't do what everybody else is doing just because it's the insta trend of the moment you know like you're not you're not doing anyone any, any favors just tell your story just like how they always say like writers write what they know so people who are in my field which we're more talkers than we are writers we talk about what we know like tell your story don't try to do what everybody else is doing Absolutely. It's funny because people say this all the time and we still try to, you know, fit in and try to, um, you know, speak to, to what people want to hear instead of just right. being ourselves. And that's really what people want to hear because they want to hear, they're following you. They, they, they want to see you and they want to hear what you have to say. Right. 
I mean, I, one of the things that I think about, um, and when I'm, when I'm writing posts and when I'm helping some people like with their stuff, cause I do help some small businesses from time to time with their content is I always tell people be specific. Don't speak in generalized terms because that doesn't do anything for anybody. So if you're going to tell a story about like shopping for the, like shopping for Hanukkah or whatever, like tell us where you actually went, what you actually bought. And if you can remember what you were wearing when you went into the store, great, because details matter. That helps us paint the picture in our own minds of like what happened to you and also like get to the point. Like if you're telling us about, you know, something amazing that you found that you happened to stumble upon, like tell us why it was so amazing. Like help, like help us relate to you because that's the whole idea is that people are trying to get to know you better. As my older son has learned, my son, I have two little boys. Um, I have my older son who is weeks away from turning six. And my younger son is like a month-ish and more away from turning four. My older son, Julian, is like becoming obsessed with making videos and doing what mommy does. So he told me the other day, he's like, mommy, I think I'm just going to start my own show. And I said, oh, yeah, you should. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm going to start my own show. It's going to be called you know, probably just Julian. And I'm going to talk about my life. Maybe I'll have a song or two. I don't know. But I think this is what he said, a direct quote. I'm just going to talk about my life so people can get to know me better. And I said, oh my God, Julian, I love it. Wait for it. And then he said, yeah. And the more they know me better, maybe the more they'll pay me and I'll make (laughs) lots of money. I'm like, there we go. I love it. That's adorable. Waiting for it. Yeah. And he's so right, though, from the mouth of babes, literally. I totally. Mean, <laughs> that's amazing. Totally. I'm like, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Like, it's, it's funny. Um, and, you know, it's, it's also, on that note, doing what I do and being a, what they call, like, the funny mom in this public platform space is tricky because sometimes you're going to share things that not everybody agrees with. And, um, I'm not, I would never advertise myself as the saccharine, sweet, always appropriate mom. That is very far from my brand. Um, I am, I am a sweet person, but I am far from perfect. I, I make tons of mistakes. I usually share them. And, and I also do things that could be considered like, mildly inappropriate. I make funny little jokes here and there, like nothing ever over the top, but some people can be easily annoyed or bruised. And a lot of times you get messages from these women who we now call Karens, who will tell you like, oh, I can't believe you shot a video where you were playing rap music in front of your kids. I'm like, you know what? Like, first of all, that doesn't really help anybody else like in this space like moms are going through enough right now like let's try to like come together and not tear each other down but second of all yeah I know that what I'm doing can be a little bit untraditional but my my kids are along with me on part of this journey and it actually really it's interesting to have your children be aware of what mommy does for a living and understand that like that what the boundaries are and know that they're actually like part of the process. I don't know. I, it, that actually, I have to be honest, that sounded a lot cooler in my mind before I said it out loud. Um, no, that sounds but, great. But I'm going to stick with it. I'm, 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 I'm sticking to this, but I, I just, I love it. Or maybe it's just that I don't really care. And you know, when people tell me I'm a bad mom, I let it roll off my back. Um, but I just, my, my kids are very aware of what mommy does and it's, I'm, I'm fine with it. I think that a lot of times like they're, they're in on the joke and they love that people want that they, that pe- that they help people laugh or that they can brighten someone's day. I think that, and no, obviously there's content that's not meant for children and my kids are definitely not in everything that I do, but, um, it's interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah. So do you share 
comments that you get with your kids? Because you just said that your kids love that they make people laugh. Yeah, sometimes, you know what, sometimes I do. Um, It depends on if they care or not. Like, you know, kids are funny. Sometimes you have days where they really want to be involved. And then they have other days where they're like glued to watching like their ridiculous YouTube videos (laughs) and you can't get their attention. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. But yeah, sometimes I will. Um, or I'll show them like videos of things. Like if somebody makes a video that's kind of like one that we did, you know, I'm like, look, they did this because we did it. And this is their yeah. way of saying hi. And you know, my kids are like, whoa. Um, and then I have my friends or like their friends, moms rather, will tell me like, by the way, so-and-so watched Julian's video like 12 times in a row. <laughs> You know, and like, that's cute. Like I had this video series I did um, a really long time ago, like maybe two years ago with Julian, where I would start the line of like a rap song in the car. And then I taught Julian to like finish the line. (laughs) And that was like a very like popular, I think our most popular one was, you're probably too young, but do you remember the song Shoop by Salt and Pepper? No. You're too young. Yeah, it's like this like song from the 90s. I would say, I would go, here I go, here I go, here I go again. Girls, what's my weakness? And Julian would yell from the back seat, men! And I'd yell, <laughs> okay then. And that was like, and we did it over and over again. And people found it so funny because for women moms or even older, like that song from the 90s was like an anthem. Like everyone walked around rapping like, here I go, here I go, here I go again. <laughs> and so I just have like a little kid in the back seat yell that his weakness was men. You know, comical. It's hilarious. I, I, yeah. Making, making people smile. <laughs> That's great. So what are your boundaries in terms of like having your kids involved? Like, could you give me an idea of that sort of thing? So there's a fine art in making fun of your children where it's not nasty or derogatory. And that's probably my biggest boundary is my kids can be the butt of a joke if they're aware of it. For example, when Oliver, my my younger one, was like about a year old, he covered his entire face and hair in a family-sized tub of aquaphor. Oh my gosh. That's funny. (laughs) And that got posted. There were a series of posts and videos of the aftermath of mommy trying to get this out of his hair. I believe that one of my jokes is that he looked like he was still in utero because he definitely did. It looked like he was like a baby in the sack about to be born, like covered in like grime. Again, you're not a mom, so you haven't seen it, but one day you'll get it. Um, It was disgusting. And like, so that didn't bother me. Other times, like my kids will say funny things and I'll talk about it. But, like, I'm never going to call my kids stupid on social media. Um, Like, that's just not something I would do. And, like, one of my kids is kind of stupid. But I'm not going to say that publicly beyond this podcast because, you know, (laughs) I didn't say his name. No, but, no, I'm serious. Like, like, that kind of stuff isn't isn't nice and it doesn't serve any purpose and it's not funny. Um, Other boundaries? Probably not. I'm pretty open. I mean – Honestly, I have my mindset right now in full disclosure is a little bit different because I'm navigating a divorce and, um, and it, and it's not a pretty one. So right now my boundaries are kind of all over the place. So yes, I am editing more than I probably typically would because of my current situation outside of that. And then the other thing that I navigate is, um, I am in a relationship with somebody else right now, um, like a like a very a ser- a serious relationship, and I have to be mindful of what he is comfortable with me sharing. So I have more boundaries when it comes to personal relationships. So I'm not going to share anything about a disagreement that I have with my boyfriend. I'm not going to share like, and I'm also keeping like very like sweet private moments private because I think that certain things need to be just between two people and not broadcasted. So 
those are the things that I'm more conscious of. As far as like with my kids, I mean, I think that it's more just like, like I said, not making fun of them in a nasty way. And then just using common sense. Right. Like when we're doing hardcore drugs in the car on the way to school, I'm not going to post about that, you know, because I don't need that kind of negativity. People are like, hey, I can't believe you're doing meth with your kids. Like, you know what? <laughs> Stay in your own lane. You know, like, but like, I get like what, you know, like, it's, <laughs> like there are certain things that are just between us. Right. When you started saying that, I was like, before you said the hardcore drugs, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> You're like, your finger is like on the edit button. You're like, oh my God, what is she, what, is she just going rogue here? Like, do I need to call you a serious? No. It's so funny. I would um, no, no, I, I know you would never. Yeah, yeah, that was really funny. I mean, day um, drinking is one thing, but like hardcore drugs. You know why I would never? Because it's so bad for your teeth. You've seen those meth heads. They don't look good. If you've ever seen a meth head who looks like a supermodel, that would be something else. But they always look like they're like rotting teeth. They look a little crazy. Their lives don't look like they're going in the right direction. And that's why I'm turned off by it. That's a great reason to be turned off by it. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever works. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Um, Wait, so you mentioned before, I wanted to ask you this, um, about sharing mistakes. So like how... How okay are you with sharing your mistakes? Like what, where do you draw the line in terms of that? I don't think I do. I think I, I think that the bigger the mistake, the more important it is to share. Cause those are the ones that people need to hear about because I guarantee you, you're not the only one who made that mistake and it helps people. If it's going to help somebody, then I believe for me, for my life, then it's important to swallow your pride, take a deep breath and share it as long as it's not going to hurt anybody else in the process. I think, I guess that's probably my answer as far as the boundary. Like, um, as long as it's not going to hurt anybody else and it's just your story to tell, then I share. Right. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, that, That makes total sense. It's interesting because I've never seen a story of yours that I've felt uncomfortable with. Like, I've like, oh my gosh, she's crossed the line. Like you're letting us in a little bit too much. So yeah. Not, not that I'm the one who could dis- determine what's appropriate, but I, you know, I, I feel like I have strong boundaries in terms of like what I, what I watch and my comfort level. And I think yeah. you do such a great job with how you like, share your personal life, but don't make people feel uncomfortable. Like they're looking too closely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, thank you for that. Um, the other thing I will say though, is even if there was something that did make you feel uncomfortable, I don't know that that means that the person was wrong for sharing it. Because I think that sometimes it is okay for somebody to feel uncomfortable. Because I'll tell you, I have women who have told me the opposite. I've had women who have said to me, I, you know, I love you, I follow you, I support you. However, I did not like this. Mm. This made me feel very uncomfortable. And I'm such a people pleaser that initially when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, I did something wrong. Holy cow. What do I do? Oh my God. Do I need to take it down? What do I do? I'm freaked out. And then I realized that, no, it's okay because I was telling the truth. And sometimes the truth makes people feel uncomfortable. As as my good friend Lizzo put it best, sometimes the truth hurts. Yes. I'm just kidding. I'm not really friends with Lizzo. No, but, um, no, but honestly, like sometimes the truth is not going to land so well, but if it's the truth, the truth is always your defense. And if you also, if you're coming from a good place and if you're sharing with the intent to help people and not to share just for shock value, you know, mm-hmm. like, then I think that it's okay. Like, you know, right. like it's not, it's not like I'm just like being like, Hey guys, live today from my period. What's <laughs> up? Who's having a heavy slow day? Like that's <laughs> like nobody cares. Right. But if I'm right. talking about something that like, I don't know that like, Oh, I'm on my period and I bled through my jeans at target and it was so embarrassing. And, but then I met this lady and she was so kind and this happened. I feel like that's a completely appropriate story. Right. Right. Because it's a, it's not about the fact that you're on your period, you're talking about like a kind moment, you know, whatever. But that just made me sad because I don't know when the last time I wore a pair of jeans at Target was. Oh, I know. I mean, I'm, I couldn't, I couldn't wear jeans right now. They won't fit. Oh, I thought you meant because of COVID. Yeah. They don't fit because of COVID. Oh, (laughs) 
<laughs> I thought you meant like going out of the house. You know what I mean? No, no. I'll put on my face shield, my bead net, whatever I need to go to Target. But my jeans don't fit. And that, that takes us directly into our self-care segment. No, but like, honestly, nothing fits. I feel like a bloated walrus and I'm very unhappy about it. So there's that. <laughs> well, yeah, I do want to talk about self-care, but one second, I just want to ask you some questions about, um, I just want to finish up with the comedy segment. How did you discover your passion for comedy? Because I know you were talking about how you had, you had Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. So I grew up acting. So I grew up, I was performing from the time I was really little, like piano lessons at five, voice lessons at like seven, acting at 10. I worked in theaters growing up. Uh, I went to a high school for performing arts. I went to a college for performing arts. Um, I did musical theater. But I always knew that I was a little bit different from everybody I went to school with. Um, And this was from the time that I was really young, before I was even in school, just like working as an actor. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I can't explain it. You just kind of have like a feeling. I'm like, everyone else is going to be very successful when they're younger. Because if you do musical theater, typically that's your time when you get into it. When you're young, when you can still dance, when you can get cast in the ensemble of shows, and you know, you, you go up from there. Mm-hmm. I always knew, even though I was doing that, I knew that what I was best at was something different. And I wasn't sure what it was. I don't think I knew that it was comedy yet. I just knew that it was different. And I always knew that I would be successful later in life. That is something that I knew from the time that I was probably like 12 years old, maybe like around my bat mitzvah. Um, I remember I was always told like, you're such an old soul. You're so, you're so wise. You're so this, you're so that. And I always felt like I was actually older than I really was. And I always knew that I would be successful later. Um, After college, I did the Second City Conservatory. And so obviously at that point, I I knew I was funny and I really, really got into the process, like how you take current events and make it funny. I found that fascinating. I loved sketch comedy. I loved the idea of taking something funny and making it the best that it could be, like practicing different ways and editing and talking on, you know, staying up late at night at a bar to discuss like, what could we do to make this even better? And, oh, this would be hilarious. That whole, that just was fascinating to me. Uh, Stand up was something that I also did. And I think I learned that with stand up, I was a good storyteller. And so I learned that I like to tell stories. And if you like to do something, there's a good chance that you're going to be better at it than something you don't really like to do. Like joke telling is not my thing. So I always kind of stayed in the lane of telling stories. And it kind of grew from there. And then I knew at another point that I was always going to be the most successful if I was myself and not playing a character. Mm. Because when you do all of this, you obviously try on a bunch of hats and for a while you'll, you'll play a lot of characters and you kind of fall into that boat. And then I realized, you know what? I think that I'm meant to just be me. And, um, yeah. And then as I kept working on myself and kind of like blossoming and coming out of, or trying to come out of this anxiety and depression, I think I realized that I'm actually enough as is And if I just tell the truth and tell my story, I will be as successful as I want to be. I just have to, I think really the key is finding your audience and working on how you communicate your story and your message and make and staying relevant. Right. That makes total sense. It's so interesting that you just mentioned a few different types of comedy because I've never thought of it like that. It was interesting that you mentioned, um, about telling your own, like telling a story from being you. Yeah. Because now that you mentioned that, like I, I now see it in, in your sketches. I don't know, like, what what's it called in your performances, like <laughs> your videos, whatever. Yeah. I mean, like, it's really just like, I would just say videos, like just in my yeah. videos where I just talk about life or I do, I do like a little funny video. Like I don't even, I don't, here's the thing. I don't even try to do funny videos. Nothing is ever with the outlook of this is going to be funny. I just turn a camera on 
and I see what happens. Like usually I have like an idea or a theme of what I'm doing, but you're never funny if you're trying to be funny. <laughs> That's so interesting. Cause I was going to ask you if you have to work to be funny or if it comes naturally mm-hmm. to you. So it's natural. No. Yeah. 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 You, I don't, nobody can work to be funny. That doesn't, that's not funny at all. <laughs> right. Like if you're trying to do, like if you're trying to do something funny with somebody, the best thing to do is to take it seriously and let the funny happen organically. Like if two people get together, like let's make a funny video. I can guarantee you it's not going to be funny. <laughs> it's just not like you turn on the camera and you're like, okay, we have no idea how to bake. Let's try to make brownies from scratch without a recipe. Go. And you just turn on the camera and let it happen. That is more entertaining and engaging and organically funny than like, okay, wouldn't it be hilarious if we turn on the camera and I'm like, yo, you want to make brownies? And you're like, but we don't know how to make brownies. Like that's not funny. (laughs) You know? It's so interesting. It's interesting how everything I feel like goes back to going with the flow and letting things happen organically because this is literally right. And this is like it's funny because like this is like the ang- the anxiety queen of Chicago is telling you just to like let go and go with the flow, which is like something I will probably never do. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Wait, so do you like observe situations and then create comedy from those situations, or are you just like? have it like create it in your head um so usually what I'll do is I I just see things in a funny way so I love to retell stories so if something happens I have like a funny way of telling people like exactly what I saw and then you know every good comedian can embellish a little bit so maybe like we would imagine that if, if that if these two people had a conversation with each other, it would go something like this. And then, you know, voices and things like that always help. But um, yeah, like I just like to retell stories. Um, I don't really, like sometimes I come up with funny ideas for like sketches or things like based off of something that I see. But really, I think that it's easier than that. I think there is so much funny going on right now, especially in this year, which is a really unfunny year. Um, there's actually like, there's a lot of comic gold waiting to be, waiting to be seen. Yes, absolutely. And we've seen a lot already, so I can't imagine how much more is going to come from this, you know? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. So Wait, so you mentioned earlier about being like different as a child. Mm-hmm. Could you just like elaborate a little bit more on that? Um, I don't know. I think that sometimes you just know when you don't fit in. And I think mm-hmm. I found that like no matter what group I was in, there was just something a little bit different. Um, I know that sometimes I had a hard time relating to kids my own age. Um, I remember going to birthday parties as a little kid and all the kids, you know, they like serve pizza, right? And all the kids are like, I just want one piece. I don't even, I don't even, I'm not hungry. And I look around like, you're not hungry. What's wrong with you? Like, I've been saving up for this pizza. And I would always ask for two pieces of pizza and I requested to sit down at the grown-up table instead of with the kids because I wanted to know what the gossip was on the street. So everybody else is like doing their thing, like basically like not eating at the kids' table. And then I'm over there like, I'll take another slice, you know, sitting with the grown-ups. And the grown-ups are always like, Andrea, go play. I'm like, what, and get dirty? No, I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> I'm like, so what's going on, guys? Like, how are you? And they were like, what, what is, what's wrong with her? Um, yeah, I, I did the same thing at slumber parties too. Like if there was a girl at a slumber party who started crying because something didn't go her way, I loved a crisis. I was the first one over there like, oh my gosh, Cheryl, what happened? You're fine. Do you want to go home? If you want to go home, just tell me. Blink once if you want to go home. I'll get you out of here. I will. I, I will call someone. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to, I'm calling my mom. That's it. I'm calling my mom. I'm going to take care of it. Like I loved the drama. Um, and I'd always like go get the mom. Be like, um, I didn't want to bother you, but th- it's getting a little crazy in the other room. Like, 
And I was always like, you know how like nowadays, like people, like girls get together and they're like, we are a no drama group. And I'm always like, then I'm out. Like I, I'm here for the drama. Like if there's no drama in this Facebook group, then I am not at all interested. They're like, this is a drama free zone. I'm like, well, then it's going to be an Andrea free zone because if there ain't stuff going down, then I couldn't be less interested if I tried. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I I hate when people are like, and I am no drama. I'm like, okay, the fact that you just took the time to say that means that you are everything drama and I am here for it. Yes, let's be friends. (laughs) That's hilarious. Right, right. As long as you're not a vegan, I am all about being friends (laughs) with you. But there's also like different types of drama. There's like you know, causing fights drama. And then there's just like right. a lot the going on. Fights drama is annoying. And I don't like the girls who just talk about themselves like for attention. Like that's annoying to me. I actually, I have like, I have like a visceral reaction to those people. But the thing that I love is just the people where like crazy follows them everywhere they go. And they just have a story to tell like all the time. Right. I also, the fighting drama, I don't want to be a part of it but I want to watch it. So if other two people are fighting, am I going to throw fuel on it? Yes. Am I going to try to diffuse it? No. Because if I try to diffuse it, guess what? Everyone's going to be mad at me. I don't want that. So I'm going to be like from the sides, like keep going, go, go, go. Like, remember that time she said you didn't look pretty in that dress? Oh my God, I wasn't supposed to say that. Sorry. Go, 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 go. More, more. Like, I love it. I just do. And I'm being totally honest right now. And people listening are probably like, oh my gosh, she's totally joking again. Like when she talked about doing meth. No, I'm not. (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Uh, It's fine. You have a lot of friends. I'm sure you're, you're not really. I really don't. I really don't anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Are you more of like an introvert or an extrovert? Oh my God. I am. And I'm an, I am, I'm an introverted extrovert. Like I'm very extroverted with my like core girls, but I don't like making new friends. Like I'm not here to make new friends at all. I'm not interested. I'm very, and like, don't ever invite me to a party. I will not come. I don't want to go to a party. I do not want to be in a room full of people. I don't know. I hate making small talk. I hate hate it. And I'm so bad at it too. Like, I just want to jump in and do a deep dive. So somebody's like, Hey, how are you? I'm like going through a crappy divorce. How are you? And they're like, (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Bye. And they walk away and I'm like, rough crowd. Like I like, I am all like, I want to like the real deal. And the other thing about parties that I hate is nobody eats. Nobody eats at a party. And I don't know why. If there's a hummus platter out, I'm going to eat the hummus platter. First of all, I've never met a hummus platter that I don't love. I love hummus. I love olives. I love pita. I love the, I, I'm, I'm eating it. And people are like, ah, I'm just going to take a carrot. What are you crazy? I know. There's like a whole bowl of baba ganoush. So you're going to take a carrot. What's wrong with you? I'm with you. I'm so with you on this. <laughs> yes. And the girls are like, I'm not really hungry. Like why? Why are you sick? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I think people have, like, an anxiety about eating in front of other people, I found. And that annoys me. Like, it's so <laughs> annoying. And I think about it from the hostess's perspective. And I'm like, do you know how much she spent on that deli tray? Like, yeah. do you know? That lox isn't cheap, okay? That's true. You're here. You're at, like, you're here. Take a plate. Make your bagel and be happy. Go sit in the corner and eat it. <laughs> That's like a so normal funny. person. There better be cream cheese on the side of your face. Right. Like, come on. I'm just gonna have a coffee, you loser. <laughs> that is so funny. Wait, so how do you how do you find laughter and comedy during the harder times? Because you spoke about, you know, going through divorce a little bit and you know, raising kids, it's not easy. So how how do you how do you find laughter and comedy during those times? You just have to keep your eyes open. You just have to keep your eyes open. The comedy's always there. It's always there. Sometimes it's harder to see because we're blinded by, we're blinded by like, you know, um, the stuff that makes our heart hurt and our head hurt, mm-hmm. but, um, it's always there. You're always going to have like a quirky person who works at Starbucks who can't pronounce the name Andrea and like, <laughs> you know, like says something like crazy. You're like, what? And they're like, Andrea. And I'm like, really? <laughs> really? Like, you know, or like the funny or like the person who like checks you out at Target who wants to have this long and involved conversation with you 
over the fact that you bought popsicles. And he's like, yeah, my grandkids love popsicles. You know, it's funny. Um, It's a funny story, actually. One time, uh, I think it was the 4th of July. No, uh, it was Memorial Day. I, I don't know when. Anyway, I gave my kid, and you're like, oh my God, is this really happening? We're really going to stand here and you're going to remember this popsicle story to tell me? And like, and I just lean into it. I'm like, I'm, I got nowhere to go. You tell me this popsicle story. And then the best part is if you start asking him questions about popsicles, he'll keep going. Like <laughs> they just have no social cues of like the fact that checking someone out in line at Target might not be the best time to tell your anecdotes about like grape flavored popsicles, which by the way is like the grossest flavor for popsicles, but like, you know, like funny things just always happen and kids, oh my God, kids are like never ending comedy. Like right now, my younger son is obsessed with this Korean girl band called Blackpink and he dances to them every day. He turns it on himself on Alexa or on YouTube, and he does the weirdest looking dances to this Korean band. And they sing in like part Korean and part like English, right? But mm-hmm. every song they sing has the same line in it somewhere in the song. So if I am having a really bad day and I'm on the verge of tears because something horrible happened with something, all I have to do is ask Ali if he feels like dancing. And then he starts dancing and then you hear him say, black, pink in your area, which is in every single song. Like, I don't even know. I don't even realize that they know what that means. What does that mean? Black, pink in your area? Like what? What? Is it code for something? Is somebody in trouble? I don't know. Black, pink in your area. And that's, and like every, and, and it makes me laugh. Also, it makes me laugh that now Oliver is starting to talk like this little Korean girl. Oh my God. He's like, I want mac and cheese, please. <laughs> and I'm like. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah, and so like the funny is there. Like you just have to pay attention. Right. I love that. Yeah. And what does comedy do for you internally? Oh my God. If like, if our, if the inside of our bodies were like colors, it's like going from red to blue. It is so calming. Laughing is my favorite activity, my absolute favorite thing to do. So it is, it has a very calming effect on me. It like resets my body. Um, it regulates me. I just, I, I can't, I can't, I don't know. Like it's just, it's everything for me, everything. Yeah. I think it, you know, the truth is, I think that, um, coming from a non-comedian, you know, regular person who listens to comedy, I think it does that for everybody. The truth is, you know, like whether you're the person who's creating the comedy or listening, laughter Mm -hmm. is the best medicine. That's what they say, you know? (laughs) Right. It's so true. Yeah. I mean, it sounds so cliche, but yeah, I'm not going right. to argue with that. Totally. One. It does. I know. But you know what? The cliche, you know, stuff like those are, it's, they're true. Like, what can you do? Right. You know? <laughs> it's a cliche for a reason. Exactly. Exactly. So just ending off the comedy segment, do you have any advice for girls or women who want to go into comedy? Yeah, don't. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, if you're funny, then you know you're funny. And like, if you want to see if somebody cares what you have to say, just start formulating your stories and jokes and try it out. But um, I really, I think that like, I would say like stay in your lane, find something that you do well and do and do that. And if it makes you happy and if it brings you joy, then that's all that matters right now and do it. Um, Being successful doesn't have anything to do with being funny or talented. It has everything to do with luck. So it doesn't matter. You can't, you can't set yourself, you can't go out there and say, I'm going to be a well-known comedian because you're probably not. And that's okay. But just because you're not a well-known comedian doesn't mean that you're not a comedian and it doesn't mean you're not funny. So make your family laugh. And that's all. If you making, if you're a mom and you can make your kids laugh, you've won. That's it. That's all you have to focus on. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Mic drop. <laughs> okay. And then um, in, ter- in regards to self-care, so this is something that we talk about all the time on our page. Yeah. And I know that you're also a huge proponent of that. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. So it's hard. It's really hard. 
Um, and I think that I'm guilty of like leaning back and not doing a whole lot for myself lately, but I'll tell you how important it is. And right now I'm staring at myself in the mirror because I just had my eyebrows threaded and tinted, which makes all the world of difference. And I say, like, take care of yourself in that way. Um, I, so for the record, I own a hair and makeup services company in the Chicago land area called Flawless Beauty Chicago. And we do hair and makeup for photo shoots and weddings and mitzvahs. And we also teach makeup lessons. And I um, focus right now on teaching people makeup and beauty lessons virtually. And the reason why it sounds so silly, because like, where are any of us going right now? But even if you're not going somewhere, you got to take care of the person you see in the mirror because she matters. So you've got you've to deep condition your hair every once in a while, whether people see your hair or they don't see your hair. You see your hair. You feel your hair. You have to take care of it. So deep conditioning your hair is huge. Taking care of your eyebrows, for me, is a big thing. Little things. I'm also I'm also really big into skincare. So keeping your skin like freshly exfoliated, doing masks, things like that are really important to me. And then the makeup is just the gravy on top. So it's like at, like play with color, do fun things that like that you like, learn how to create looks that are really flattering to your coloring and face shape and, you know, and go from there. But I, for me, like the beauty side of self-care is really important. And then the other thing, like you just have to do stuff that feeds your soul. It's different for everybody. Like if you love hiking, go hiking. I would, you're not going to see me up on that mountain. Um, I'm going to be in my bed, like watching TV or yeah, probably just watching TV. Cause I don't really do a whole lot. Like I don't read, I don't pretend to read. I haven't read a book in years and I'm fine with it. Like, that's just not my thing. Um, but like do whatever you do that makes you happy. I love talking on the phone with friends. I love like things like that make me really happy. And that's also part of self-care. But I do think that it's important to do something for your physical appearance right now, because if you don't, it is a slippery slope, my friends, and it's not going to be pretty. So keep up with it. I know we're not going places, but file your nails, paint your nails if you feel like painting your nails. Like, But just keep yourself looking like a woman and, and a human being because you deserve it. And your family also deserves it. Like we, we all, we all deserve to look at each other in like the best light possible. And more importantly, like it's, it's important how we see ourselves. So that's yes. my two cents on that. I completely agree. I love how you said, well, two points. The, the first one was that you said that even if no one's seeing your hair, you should deep condition it and take care of it. Right. And it's interesting because so the in my community, a lot of women cover their hair once they get married. And right. I always tell people, like, it doesn't matter that you're covering your hair. It doesn't mean that you could just take a scissors and chop half of it off. Like, take care of it. You know what I mean? Like, look good, feel good for you. For it's your still your hair. It's like, right. It's, it's the, it's the, it's the culture that it's covered, but even under, even under the shadle, like that's still you. It's still part of you. Exactly. It's still growing from your body. So condition it, take care of it. Cause it's still something on you. It's not something to be ashamed of, you know, right. like it's not like that's not, that's not, that's not what the law is about, you know? Oh, totally not. It's opposite that you shouldn't be ashamed mm -hmm. of it. You, you know, it's no, special. like it's like, Right. It's special. So like, so keep it special, keep it special for you and for your husband, take care of it so that it's, so that it's beautiful because I'm sure I'm sure it was yeah before, before you got married like keep it up yes totally and also I love how you said about like looking good for the people who are who are going to be seeing you um like your family because I think that sometimes we just like walk around like like slump sometimes like okay no one's seeing us we're not going anywhere just like for yourself absolutely and for your family like just like respect totally you know Right. Like, I mean, I realized like a few months into like the, this pandemic, like I probably was only wearing like a really tacky pants for a while. And oh my gosh, like, my poor boyfriend, like he's probably like, what happened to this girl? And then like, I started to like, you know, go back to leggings, you know, woo, woo, woo. And he's <laughs> like, oh, 
forgot that what your body looked like. I'm like, yeah, sorry about that. That was a dark <laughs> time in my life. Um, but you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like take care of yourself and keep exercising. Like, I know we're not going places. I know we just want to sit around and eat pie all day long <laughs> and drink wine and cry, but I'm telling you guys, it doesn't make us feel better. Like, and I, and I love cake and desserts. And I made a joke earlier about feeling like a bloated walrus. And I don't really know why I'm still a bloated walrus because I'm working out every day and I'm like eating really healthy, but I, I don't know, maybe I did something wrong in my past and I'm being punished. probably the mess. But anyway, like you got to like, take care of yourself because what you put inside of your body does have an effect on how you feel, not just on how you look. Yes. Again, then- I am killing it right now with the one-liners. Like I could go into like life coaching or something. <laughs> yeah. No, I completely agree with you that it's about how you feel. I mean, about it's about how you look for sure to an extent, but it's really about how you feel because that's going to come out in the way that you look. 100%. 100%. Right. Wow. We've really, we're really nailing it over here. I just have to tell you, like, I feel really good. I know. This might be one of the most valuable um, episodes you've ever done. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it. I think that (laughs) we're probably changing lives right now. It's no, it's true because you have, yeah, you know what? You're just being honest and, you know, speaking from life experience. And I think that um, being authentic of being real and just like, I don't know, it just, it makes such a huge difference and it really impacts people when they hear it, this sort of thing, you know? I think it's also the sound of my voice. People say they find it very soothing. <laughs> By the way, so you mentioned before, you reminded me because it sounds of your voice. Because um, you sing, you act, you do comedy, and you do hair and makeup. So uh-huh. if, there was uh-huh. one, <laughs> if there was one thing that you could do for the rest of your life, what would it be? Perform. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hands down. I would sell my kids up a river. Um, no, but like, I, I just want to talk. I just want to perform. That's all that I want to do. Um, if I could be on like a daytime talk show, kind of like the view, but not the view, like cooler than the view, I would be all over that. Like, I'd love to have be like on a panel with other women and doing other things. I'd love to have like my own show. I would love like, I would, I would love it. Um, that's all I want to do. All I want to do is make people giggle, make people think, help, help people feel a little bit better. Um, that's the best. When I get messages from women, you know, who I, whom I don't know, who say, you know, like I'm going through whatever, something in my life. And I have to tell you that this little silly little video that you did was the first time I laughed in like a week, you know, or whatever. Um, I don't, I bet that means more to me than any other compliment. It just knowing that you made someone's day that like a little bit better. When I, when I went through really dark times in my life and I've had several of those moments, um, I always relied on TV shows to make me laugh and to bring me out of it. Even if I went through times where I was living on my own and I couldn't afford cable, I would just have these like um, DVDs of TV shows and I'd watch episodes over and over and over again because I didn't want to like be alone in my apartment without noise on. Mm -hmm. And it was like my saving grace. Like I just needed that. And to think that I can be kind of like that in a way for somebody is huge. Um, it feels like it's like my way of, my way of giving back and my way of knowing that, that you're doing something that, that you're, I feel like one of the biggest things with humans in general is we all have a gift, right? We all have something to bring to the table. I think part of the key is like finding what that is and finding how to bring it to the community in the most like effective way. So feeling like you're a little bit closer to figuring out what your gift is and how to give it is a really good, very satisfying feeling. So when I get messages hearing that bit of validation, like, yeah, you're doing something right, it like encourages me to keep going and I could do that for the rest of my life and be very happy. Yes, for sure. I mean, it's such a... 
how do you say it in English? Like I'm thinking like like zechus. Like I think it's like a merit. I guess a merit. It's such a merit to be able to spread yeah. to spread joy and happiness to people because right. Yeah. I mean, just- I, I yeah, and it's a, and it, and, it, and it's a gift. It's a gift, and it's. I mean, and could we also? Is it kind of a mitzvah? I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's what I was. Oh, for sure is because when you, I mean. You're make, when you make people happy, when you cause, when you spread joy, bring joy into their life, then it's for sure mitzvah. Wait, let's translate like it. A good deed. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think that like doing, because it is pretty selfless. Like you're not necessarily getting a lot out of it. You're just being you and knowing that something that you created makes somebody even just smile or made their day a little bit better is so nice. And here's one thing that I will like to say if that ever happens to anybody, like if you have a moment, not, and not saying that it has to be with somebody on social media, like if anything ever happens to you in your passings and someone like you have like a moment of like, where like something made you feel great or somebody was so kind, try to remember to like, thank that person and let them know, because it is really nice sometimes to hear that that we matter, you know, and that like, like sometimes we, we just kind of go about our lives giving and giving and giving. And sometimes it's nice to hear like, you know what? I just wanted to say like, thank you so much for buying my coffee this morning. Like, I know like it seems like nothing to you, but like, that was really kind. And I really, that was like really nice. Like, I think that it's important that we still walk around like thanking people because I think we've stopped that. And I think we need to go back to it. And I also think we need to go back to being randomly kind. Like, I don't know when the last time you bought something for somebody like unexpectedly, but every now and then when I'm at a drive-thru, I just tell the person like, pay for the person behind me. With my luck, they always order something really expensive. And I want to say like, never mind the person behind that. Like, but it's so nice because it's the nicest feeling to pull up you know, and they're like, actually the person in front of you paid. Yes. yes. Like that's really kind. That's really nice. Um, and again, like it's always like every time I do it, the, I, there's this one place by my house, this coffee place that I always drive through. And the other day I did it. I said, to the, the guy knows me, the guy at the drive through knows me and knows my personality. So when I said, I want to pay for the person behind me, he said, mm-hmm. are you sure? Because she ordered breakfast sandwiches. And I'm like, ah, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. He's like, you still want to do it? I'm like, well, yeah. I can't, I can't like take it away now. It's like, really rude. Oh, that's so. But funny. I just think it was so funny. That the first thing out of this guy's mouth was not like, oh my gosh, Andrea, what a kind moment. He's like, are you sure? Because I ordered breakfast sandwiches. That's so funny. That's so funny. I'm like, ugh, trust my luck. That's so nice of you that you do that. Hmm. It, you know, balanced because I pushed a kid into the street the other day. And so I felt like I needed to like counter. Sorry, he, had to, he was annoying me. Get out of here. so funny. Now um, it's true though. I do. Like I have moments where I feel like I act like a real animal and I'm like, oh, I better like throw a bone to the universe. I'm like, okay, <laughs> guess what? Coffee's on me today, ladies. Step up. That's, that's hilarious. Um, what was I going to say about that? Oh yeah. Also, cause you mentioned about like telling people when they do something for you or like how they made you feel like thanking them. I think that and I'm sure like as a comedian, you're putting out so much content on social media and you see that you see how many views you get, but mm-hmm. I'm sure when mm-hmm. people respond to you or like say like, that was so funny, like you made my day or whatever, when people thank you for sharing content or for making their day or for making them laugh, like that is just, I feel like that should, it should happen more often because you're working hard to put out more, to to put out good content and you should. Yeah, it's nice. Yes. It's definitely nice to hear that what you're doing matters and that people like it. Um, that I, will not argue with that. And I think though, even though you don't always hear it, I mean, you assume that you're still, you know, doing the right thing, but yes, it is nice to get feedback every once in a while, just because, you know, you want to know that people care, of course. Yeah. Okay. So then for the last question, um, this is the question that I ask everybody. What Mm -hmm. is something that you hope that the next generation of women won't have to struggle with? Oh, leaning in to who they are. I mean, it kind of goes back to my bubby, like I said in the beginning, 
you know, we, we, I think so many of us like are afraid to be ourselves because we want to fit in. And I think we need to stop worrying about fitting in, like be Rhoda Rappaport, like let people come to you. Don't worry about like trying to fit in with the cool group. There are no cool groups. That's such a, it's, it's, it's not, it's non-existent. It's all in your head. There's no, there's not, it's, there's no group of cool girls. Women are women. Be you and feel confident and know that you are enough and then you will attract the right people like a magnet. Yes, totally. Okay. And then where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? So uh, follow me on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. My handle is at the Andrea Rappaport and the same on Facebook. So at the Andrea Rappaport. And my company is called Flawless Beauty Chicago. So follow them or us on Facebook. And if you're interested in doing a virtual makeup lesson, reach out to me on any platform. If you're interested in my life coaching sessions, which I'm sure after this episode, you're all going to be clamoring <laughs> to live your life like I live mine. Um, just shoot me a DM. Yes. And I'm going to, I'm going to have that information like where they contact you in, in the, our show notes. So um, very valuable. Have, yeah. I'm sure. Um, yeah. So this was such a valuable, informative, educational, and entertaining interview, Andrea. I'm so happy oh, that gosh. you came. No, seriously, this is going to be so great. I'm so excited about this. Thank you Thank for joining you. me. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I really, I really appreciate it. And it's funny. Like sometimes when you're talking about things, like as I was saying things out loud, I'm like, whoa, that really is true, Andrea. Wow. <laughs> so it's like, this was great. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you. I really yeah, appreciate totally, it. Totally. Totally. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 